Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two of this conversation with Rachel Druckenmiller. If you enjoyed the first part of that conversation and she dropped, you need to go back and listen to it because she dropped so many great things for leaders, for employees, for those that that believe in culture in their teams. You've got to go back and listen to this conversation, but you want to hang around for that. So do, do me a favor. Listen to this one and then go back and re-listen to the other one. And then you and you you'll do yourself a favor. But if you can find Rachel at unmutedlife.com. Unmutedlife.com, you can find her on LinkedIn, find her on Instagram at Unmuted Life. Rachel Druckenmiller, D-R-U-C-K-E-N-M-I-L-L-E-R. Rachel Druckenmiller joining me for part two of the Intentional Encourager Podcast. Rachel, good morning. Hi, good morning. Excited for part two. Ready to go. Let's do it. Yes. You mentioned in, in part one of our conversation, and this is where I want to start. And I, I wanted you to go back as far as you want to go with your story, but you specifically mentioned a couple of things around PTSD that you'd suffered and things like that. So if you want to start there, that's fine. But I want to dive into your story uh, and really focus part two on your story. And I may jump in with a couple of questions here and there, but if you want to start there, great, but take me as far back as you want to go and start where you, in your story, from from where you were to where you are today. Um, you know, there's a lot, but I think just briefly, the PTSD was from a car accident. I was hit by a pickup truck while running on May 3rd of 2020 and fractured my back. So in here in that was some recovery that needs, you know, need to happen at multiple levels. It's still going on. But, you know, going back, I think a lot of the times, one, I think my story is a reflection of the importance of recognizing that we have the capacity to grow and change and that who we were does not have to determine who we become. And I think of that, I say that because when I was a kid, you know, right now as a speaker and I'm on stage and I perform and I sing in front of people and other things, and I was not really like that. <laughs> when I was a kid, I avoided performance. I, I, was, I was timid. I was guarded. I was always very observant and curious, um, loved to learn. I would share things that I thought, you know, but I would often keep my feelings under wraps, especially if they were feelings that, you know, from a society, from societal perspective, were not permissive for good little girls, like being angry or sad or upset or frustrated or hurt. 
So whenever I felt those things, I generally didn't share them. But, you know, growing up, I was always, I was very studious. I'm one of the oldest of three. My parents were both, um, they were both entrepreneurs. So I grew up in an unusual environment and then I saw my parents creating their own reality. I saw them creating their own work life and their own schedules. And, you know, my mom started doing that when I was in, uh, I think it was a freshman in high school when she launched her business and left a company she worked at. So, you know, I grew up in this kind of unusual environment where I was, where I was invited to be, as we talked about in the previous episode, to be in a place and a mindset of possibility. And, um, that really, you know, that shaped me along with the fact that I didn't really feel like I fit in growing up. So I struggled socially. Um, I had, I always had friends, but I never felt like part of a group. I never, I was, I went to a Catholic school for 12 years. I've never been Catholic. Um, and there's just a certain degree of not being a part of things that's painful, you know, not, not participating in things that everybody else gets to do, remind you of the fact that you don't belong. And that, and that for me, part of my desire to create spaces where people feel safe and connected and like they belong comes from the pain that I felt of not feeling that way. Well, and Rachel, here's the thing, and this is why the, the, the desire I have to do the intentional encourager podcast is so strong because you see folks like yourself that have a large presence and have the kinds of platforms that they do. And, and you, you say to yourself, everybody has a story that not everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And, and as, and as, a, as you, I hear you say that you're confident, you, you're, you come across very polished and refined, but yet here's all this other stuff in your, in your past mm -hmm. that has shaped you. And you, you talked about in the last episode about singing and things like that. You have to have confidence to sing, to get in front of people and sing. But, but the people you're singing to don't know that you might have, and forgive me for saying it this way, because some people do this. They don't know that you just threw up before you went to, out to sing, hmm. that you were so nervous about singing in front of people that you threw up, or they don't know that you got a phone call earlier in, in the day that rocked you and things like that, or what you've dealt with, with, with your accident two years ago. It's amazing that, that the stories like that, that if people only knew the backstory, yeah. right? If they only knew the backstory, it would make the front story more powerful. When, when you think about your teenage years, and I've asked this question a lot, so, so I think this is a perfect time to ask you. If you could go back and put your arm around 16 year old Rachel, mm -hmm. what do you think you'd say to her in a five minute conversation over a cup of coffee? I'd say that <laughs> I'd say a lot of things. One, I'd say, get up on that stage and sing, girl. You stop hiding. It would be more than a five minute conversation, right? You would probably need to put on a pot. You know, it would be like, it would be like, you know, your, your, your parents, when you grow up and you did something you weren't supposed to, they put on a pot of coffee and like, yeah, sure. this is going to be a while. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my dad's, my dad's from North Carolina. So I feel like I can sometimes whip out a Southern accent if I feel like it. But, yes. Um, so, you know, one of the things I would say is like, get on that stage and sing because there was a choir to all girls high school and we had this amazing choir where everyone wore these long black dresses and pearl necklaces and they sang on stage at different events at the school throughout the year. And, and I just sat in the audience and I would be my diva self, Mariah caring or whatever the heck I did my version of that at home with headphones by myself. 
but I, I was too afraid of like auditioning in front of people that felt way too vulnerable and risky for me. So I just, instead of taking the very, very small risk of auditioning <laughs> and getting in, I would have gotten in. I instead endured four years of basically just watching people do a thing that I love that brought me joy because of my own judgment of myself and my own fear and insecurity. Like, so I would have looked at her and said, get up on stage and sing enough of this. Um, I would have said, I know that it's been hard and it's okay if you don't have it together all the time and it's okay to ask for help. And I really admire how brave you are and how you stand up for things that you believe in. Even if it's, even if you're the only one in the room that is willing to stand on your principles and there are more people that like you and want you to want to be with you than you realize. Wow. That's powerful. And, and, and here, here's what I was thinking as you were saying that, do you find a lot of Rachel's in the people that you coach and work with? Do you find that, that you're, that, that there are times when you're really sitting down and having that in-depth conversation with them? that you find that connecting point of, I recognize this because I went through the same thing earlier in my life. Yeah. So I often get it. So I don't do individual coaching. I just do like group work facilitating and speaking and stuff. I'll hear it. Some people send me a LinkedIn message after a talk. Maybe they'll come to a keynote or they'll come to a workshop I do. And they'll send me a message. Like, I felt like you were in my head. They'll say things like that. Or, um, that's how I know I really got it. You know, if they're like, oh my gosh, I literally felt like you were talking directly to me. Like, yeah, because I am in some way, <laughs> Yeah. um, you know, so that's, that's typically how I'll hear it. Somebody will make a comment like that, or it'll be a comment and evaluation, or somebody will reach out to me afterwards and share their story with me and say, oh my gosh, I totally get what you were talking about. Cause I do share the backstory. You were saying before we often, we see where people end up. We don't share the backstory. I think one of the things that makes me different is I share the backstory. And so people can hear, you know, and my personal example, I know you were just giving that an example. My personal example is not that I would like get physically sick before I'd sing, but I would literally feel like just this, um, I, I, I think I would feel this like nervous energy that was again, how I was framing it, right? We can frame it as nervousness or excitement. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise. But if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And I think the little me, like the five-year-old who really just wanted to sing, but was too afraid to like, it was like the little me that was like, let me out, let me out, let me out. You know, 
Um, <laughs> and then there was the more guarded part of me that wanted to protect myself. That was more like, mm, but if we mess up, we are the good kid who gets straight A's and does everything perfectly. Yeah. We can't take the risk of this not going well. You know, that was my logical, rational nonsense. <laughs> that so you, you kind of had, so it was kind of like for you, it's like, okay, if I do this, it, it could work out. But in your, in your head, and, and again, I'm not trying to, to put words in your mouth or anything like that, Rachel. Here's what I'm kind of hearing is that it was almost like, okay, if this goes well, awesome. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, and, and it sounds like more times than not, the voice you were hearing inside your head was, it's probably not going to go the way I think it's going to go. I, am, am I right about that? Well, when it came to singing, I was very confident in school. I knew how to do school. I knew how to, I knew that I could get a good grades. I knew that if I raised my hand, I probably had the right answer. I'm not saying that arrogantly. Like I just, I, I, I typically didn't try things that I wasn't going to be good at. <laughs> that was really more than anything. Like I typically just didn't, if, if I didn't think I was going to be successful with it, I didn't even, I didn't even try it really. Um, so I would have said, try more things. You know, that's another advice I would give my 16 year old self, try more things. It's okay. If you suck at volleyball, just like get on the court and have fun with people. Like, it's okay, you know, like be willing to suck. And I just wasn't willing to suck. I just, I, I expected myself to be the, to, to be the best, or at least to be really great at everything I tried on the first go. That's just not a realistic expectation to have. You know, that's, I, I, it's funny you mentioned that because it, I look at that Rachel is almost like a video game society. Like if, like if, like, you know, when my son was a little bit younger, he, he'll be 22 in September, he would buy a video game. And if he wasn't good at it, pretty quickly he got frustrated mm -hmm. and and it feels like that's the 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 world that we live in today and 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 i love what you said be willing to suck because it, it's like if we try something and we're not good at it instantly it's like well forget that i'm i'm just gonna i'm, I'm just gonna ditch that and there's perseverance there and i love what you said about the reflection that you've had in your own life of of being willing to persevere mm -hmm. and I almost feel like that that's fueled you as an adult mm -hmm. to say, I'm okay with it not turning out. Okay. Is that, is that fair? Is that a, is that a fair, <laughs> is that a fair assumption? I get, I, I don't mm -hmm. want to assume. I just, I love that vulnerability and, and that, that place of just having those V8 moments where you go, it's really okay not to be okay. Yeah, I would really say for me, yeah, it's okay not to be okay. I'm more willing, what I'm more willing to do is I'm more willing to allow a mistake to happen in the moment. I still don't like that it happens, candidly. Let me be yeah, honest. Yeah. I don't like that it happens, but I can roll with it. I'll give you an example. I do a LinkedIn live show every other Monday, and I did an impromptu one two weeks ago where I just got on. I didn't send out any invitations ahead of time. I just went live. And I just sang a few songs. There were a few songs that I had been working on. I worked with a vocal, a voice teacher. I worked with one of my senior year of high school individually because I was like, that's safe. That's not, you know. And then we had a year-end recital, which I was not prepared for and was nervous about and did not enjoy at all. So 17 years later, I said, I'm going to hire a vocal coach. I guess 20 years later, I hired a vocal coach to work with so that I could help refine as an adult. Because I'm like, now I feel more confident. I feel like I, I've, I've put myself on stage more. I've, I've, I've done these things. And so I was singing a song, a song From a Distance by Bette Midler, which was a song I loved growing up. My mom loved Bette Midler growing up and when I was growing up. And I put the song on and I missed the entry. I missed the entry. And 
the old me would have been like, that is unacceptable. <laughs> that could not possibly happen. How do you miss the intro? Yeah, exactly. Just, I miss the entry. The, 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 it's a weird start. It's not, some songs have a very clear, like the intro to the song happens there. You hit a point and you're like, got it. This is where I come in. And this song, I just hadn't been working on it very long. And I just didn't have the entry nailed and I missed it. And so in the moment I said, all right, um, I'm going to go back. Let me start that again. So I started, to, I, I was going to start to sing it. And I was like, ah, you know what? It's okay. Hey, it happens. You know what? Sometimes a moment like that happens. I wasn't happy that it happened, but it's, it's how do you show up when you make a mistake? Ooh, that is so good. How do you show up when you make, that is so good. Like that's what it is, right? So for me, I used to just not even show up in anything where I would, I didn't even give myself that opportunity because if there was a chance I was going to make a mistake, I just didn't show up. <laughs> yeah. But, but now... Now, I mean, I've had moments happen where I've been delivering a keynote. I hope this never happens again. And like the power went out and I got kicked off screen and I'm scrambling and I had to come back and, and I come back just, you know, not missing a beat and saying like, see, this is the power of having a team. We we're talking about uh, purpose and people was the focus of the keynote. And I said, you know, this is the, this is the power of having a team that can step in. And I know the team stepped in and they took care of it. Let's give them a round of applause. So I used it for good. It's like, how do you flip it? How do you flip something? that that would otherwise be viewed because people are looking to see how you react when people make mistakes yeah people are looking to see how that person reacts to making the mistake and it's the reaction to the mistake that people remember not the mistake itself yeah yeah hey i tripped and fell in church one sunday <laughs> and knocked the keyboard up and and the, they had a guest speaker and i was going to play the keyboard and i, I, was, I was trying to get somewhere and i tripped and fell and everybody's looking at me and, and my pastor looks over at me and I just go, just kind of shrugged it off and he just starts dying laughing, you know, be, because I love what you said there. How do you show up when you make a mistake? Because most people in life, that mistake in front of other people is it, it buries them, right? They just want, they just want, they just go, I cannot do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it buries them. And, you know, that, that's the thing is, is that it's, I, it, it's almost as well as, is how do you show up in the midst of a mistake is how do you get up mm -hmm. in the midst of a mistake? Mm -hmm. I want to go here for just a minute. If I could, I want to pivot real quick here. I, I'm, I'm curious about what you've dealt with the last couple of years, mm. because, you know, you, you mentioned you were running. You struck by a vehicle, you know, that's been recent. The struggles that you overcame earlier in your life, was there anything that helped you from what you overcame earlier for what you're overcoming now? And by the way, you, you, you look tremendously well, like everything is turning the corner and we pray for your continued recovery Thank you. through this, but were there things that you took? that helped you in your recovery from, from the accident that you, mm. that you sustained a couple of years ago? Yeah. One of the things for me, was five years ago, I burned out and got mono from pushing myself too hard for too long. I mean, it was just that, that need to be an A plus in life mentality caught up with me. And I had been recognized by an organization called the wellness council of America in 2015 as their number one health promotion professional in the United States. And uh, it was this big honor that gave me a national platform in my industry in a way that I'd never had before. But it was also this tremendous burden that I felt because I felt like, oh, they said I'm the best. I got to keep being the best. And that's a lot of pressure. 
And so I eventually folded under the weight of that pressure and got really sick. And I was sick for months. I mean, months and months and months and tired and, and wasn't, didn't feel like myself and felt like a low mood. And I was wondering, is I ever going to get my energy back? And one of the things I learned, the greatest gift of that experience was that I learned the importance and the power of asking for help and being honest about when I was struggling, which was something that for most of my life, I was just not willing to do. I was not willing to do either one of those things because it would do too much to compromise the identity and the, the image that I wanted people to see in me, which was somebody who always had it together. And if you're being vulnerable about things that you're struggling with, well, you don't have it together. That's our perception. And so what I started to do is I started to be more honest and open up about the things I was going through and to be honest about the, even about hard text messages I received from people, like a friend calling me out and saying, you don't seem content or fulfilled. <laughs> and um, I would publicize, I'd take a screenshot and put it on, on middle of a presentation and talk about it. And I just found that the more honest I was, and the more open I was, and the more I let people help me and support me, that the more quickly I healed. And so when this accident happened two years ago, I had had so much practice of letting people support me and receiving help without pushing it away. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. And when the accident happened, anytime anybody said they want to help with anything, I was like, yep, 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 yep. Initially, I hesitated. Somebody offered to set up a meal train for my husband and I so we didn't have to make meals because I could not bend, lift, or twist. I was in a back brace for two months. Oh. And he was teaching remotely because he's a teacher. And so he was home due to the pandemic teaching remotely and being my caregiver. And I was still working because I had just launched my business nine months yeah. earlier. And it was in the midst of the pandemic. And that had wiped out most of my speaking business because live events were canceled. So it was a really, really hard time that I would for no reason ever want to go back and relive. But what I learned, you know, three years earlier, going through a burnout journey was something that was tremendously useful and relevant again in the midst of this recovery. And I think it's something that all of us could benefit from, which is recognizing that we all need help, that having needs doesn't make us needy. It just makes us human. Everybody has needs. You don't, you're not having like... Just accept that, that there's going to be certain things all of us wish we, wish we could do, we can't. And when we lean on other people, it gets easier. And be willing to do the hard work of working with a therapist and, and, and understanding your thought patterns and understanding your behaviors and understanding the things that trigger you. Like do, do the work and let people in. Do the work and let people in and be wow. willing to be honest when you're struggling. That is what I learned from that season that I carried forward into 
the season two years ago that I still carry forward with me now and it influences and it is embedded into so much of the work that I do because I think so, everyone needs to hear those messages. Well, it, you, I love what you said there and, and I jotted that down. Do the work and let people in because I think, and I said this in my book a couple of years ago that I wrote, people buy authenticity. Mm-hmm. People are looking for authentic things and authentic people and authentic experiences that, that there's connective tissue there in authenticity. And I love what you said about, it was a really hard time. I don't want to go through it again, but here's what I got from it. Because a lot of times, Rachel, we go through hard times and we don't get anything out of it. We just go, I'm just going to repress that memory and just shove it in the corner and pray to God it never comes back out again. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, it was hard. Here's what I got from it. Here's what's going to carry me forward. If and when that time, something similar ever comes of that. Mm-hmm. If I want to, uh, here's where I want to go for a minute. And I, I'm trying to be very thoughtful and intentional because your story is powerful because you burned out mm-hmm. and people are going, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. It affected your health mm-hmm. because you felt like I got this award and I've got to live up to it. And I think we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we say, well, I have to prove my worth because somebody thought I was worth something. So I have to prove my worth. Mm-hmm. When you think about what you've been through in the last seven years, what's the prevailing message? that has carried you through the, the mono in 2015, the accident, the pandemic, reinventing your business. Mm-hmm. What's been that prevailing message of encouragement that's carried you through that entire time? Two things that come to mind. One is something I learned from a guy named Mark Brackett who wrote a book called Permission to Feel. He's the executive director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. Because we can we control we can't control what happens to us or around us, but we can control how we respond to it. So that's one thing for me is that we always get to choose our response. We don't choose what happens. We choose our response. Too many people are blaming a situation for their response. No, some situations are downright awful and miserable and tragic, and we get to choose how we respond. And the other thing I would say, and this has been out there, this phrase has been out there for a while. I don't know whoever originally said it but we can't heal what we don't feel. You've got to give yourself permission to feel all of the things, not necessarily act on those feelings, but to let yourself feel the disappointment and the sadness and the anger and the pain and the frustration and the joy and the hope, like giving ourselves permission to feel a spectrum of emotions, journaling. I'm a big journaler. I don't do it like, and I'll say every day for 10 minutes, I don't have like a, a process or a routine that is specific. I just have it sitting by the side of my bed with a pen ready at any time to just pick it up and and make note of what I'm thinking or feeling in the moment. And there's tremendous value in 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 the power of reflection. And and I've, d- I've done a tremendous amount of reflecting, reading, journaling, devotionals, listening to music, listening to sermons, having conversations. I just am kind of have my antennas up all the time (laughs) trying to take in something from the environment around me that I can then use in some way to bring something good into the world. No, I I love that because always having your antennas up 
here, here's where, and I lo- I, I'm so glad you said that. Because when you have your antennas up, you can pick up things around you mm-hmm. that maybe you weren't in tune to mm-hmm. before. Yep. And, I, and I love that analogy because I remember when I was a kid and we'd have the, the, the rabbit ears. Of course, I'm probably dating myself big time. But but the rabbit ears, if you turn them in a certain way, the reception came in better. Or if you put some aluminum foil, the reception came in better. And I, I still have, Rachel, I still have an old school CD radio that has the AM FM radio with the uh-huh. antenna. <laughs> and, and you've got to put the antenna in a certain position mm-hmm. to tune in clearly what you want to hear. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Because there, there's so much static in the air right now. Mm-hmm. Politically, socially, there's, there's so much static in the air. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said, put your antennas up. Because I, I really, and I don't want to assume what you were saying there. Here's what I got from that. Put your antenna up so you can pick, it, pick up the signal mm-hmm. that resonates with you. Some people like to listen to talk radio. Some people like to listen to music. Some people like to listen to top 40 or jazz or gospel or classical. Sure. But it's picking up the signal that resonates with you. And I yeah. love that. I love that. And looking for inspiration. You know, for me, people ask me, like, I don't even think there's there's more prolific content creators on LinkedIn than me. I do put a lot of content out how are you always coming up with stuff? I'm like, I just pay attention. Like, I don't know what else to say other than I pay attention to my life. I pay, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, humans are inherently meaning makers. A lot of people forget that, but I am really a meaning maker. I look for a situation that's hard. Even yesterday, something as innocuous, like we talked about in the last episode about going to the dentist, I have my antenna up and I'm, I'm looking to be inspired. I'm looking to be moved. I'm looking to be influenced. Um, and because of that, you know, sort of what we focus on expands because I'm looking for that. I, when it happens, boom, right. It's like we're on the same frequency. When it happens, I'm aware. Yeah. I notice it. I notice yeah. it. I, p- I pick it up. Right. And a lot of people are going through life with their heads down. They're not paying attention. They're in their own little, they're in their own little world. They're, they're not curious. They, they, they're not looking to be inspired. They're looking and expecting to be disappointed. And shockingly, they end up with exactly what they expect. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're, or they're surprised when when life kind of hits them sideways and they go, well, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. It was like, well, you know, this is what happens. You know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's it's Isaac Newton's law, sure. law of, a law of motion. You know, and 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 you shouldn't be surprised because when you're when you're putting things in the, into the atmosphere. It's it's amazing to me, and I gotta go here for just a quick minute. It's amazing to me to people that say, "Well, it feels like the sky's falling." Well, it feels like the sky's falling because you're expecting the sky to fall. Sure. You're yeah. just kind of preparing yourself for the fallout, and so I love what you said there, and I so appreciate you sharing your story with me. And, and again, we will have you back on the Intentional Encourager podcast because there's, I feel like there's like hours of of material that we could just go through. <laughs> And singing. And, and we sing, yes, singing we have to, time. yeah, we have to, yes, singing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I tell people all the time. I, I, I sing 
I don't sing as often in public as I used to. It's not yeah. that I can't. I just, I'm in that place in my life. I'm like, I've done it for so long, but, but I love that. But again, remind folks where they can find you, where they can find your content, where they can find the things that will help them, things that we've been talking about. Yeah. So you can find me on my website, unmutedlife.com, on Instagram at the same name, Unmuted Life, LinkedIn. I mean, I'm Rachel Druckenmiller. Send me a note. I love to hear from people. Um, and on YouTube, just search Rachel Druckenmiller and find me on there. That is so cool. Rachel, you're the best. I so appreciate that. I've been looking forward to this for a good while. And in full disclosure, folks, I had a couple technical issues that, that we worked through. And Rachel has been a dear. She's been so patient to work with me today as we record this episode. And just an incredible episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast. And Rachel, cannot thank you enough for joining me today. Well, thanks, Brian. Good to be here. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.